ओम ज्ञान निरंधस्यानंजनशलाकाय in 1977, when Srila Prabhupada was lying on his bed for several months in Vrindavan, enacting the pastimes of sickness, he called one of his leading disciples, Giriraj Brahmachari, who is now Giriraj Swami. It's better to do from the front, by the way. One of those details of Vaishnava etiquette. Approach from the front. Dead bodies are garlanded from the back. So, it's not very... That's the worst thing. Come up from behind. Anyway, uh, Prabhupada was... Lying in his bed, he called Giriraj Prabhu at that time and asked him, that, how will this movement go on after I pass away? Because Prabhupada was very much involved in the day-to-day -day management of the movement while he was present, physically present among us. So Giriraj... Maharaj, he, he said, if we are sincere, Prabhupada, Prabhupada said, yes, sincerity and intelligence is also required. How to organize. Sincerity is good, but intelligence is also useful. Required, not just useful, but required. Now, intelligence is, can never be a substitute for sincerity. It's not that we can bring in some kami management consultants and they can give us advice on how to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world, although they might give, they might have some points that were uh, relevant to uh, managing our movement, but of course we have to be careful also because kami management consultant means karmi and they have their own ideas of what life is all about. So we also have to remember the principle but intelligence is required and this uh, organization of preaching, this congregational preaching is a, a, a manifestation of intelligence applied in Krishna consciousness. Now, we find all over the world that many people, many more people than previously are taking interest in Krishna consciousness. And there is tremendous scope for spreading Krishna consciousness, especially in India, at all levels in society. Mostly, to date, our movement is in the cities, catering to the middle class. It's mostly the kind of people that are coming, but all categories of people in India especially are, well, especially we can say among the Hindus, are ready for Krishna consciousness. And we're seeing in, last night we were in a village 
Goraipur, near Yadgiri Guta, where people from actually a very poor background, just just eking out a living, but they're very seriously taking up Krishna consciousness. And there are many uh, near to uh, just south of Bangalore in Tamil Nadu, Bangalore's in Karnataka, in Tamil Nadu, mostly all Telugu people actually. There's whole villages with many, many people taking up Krishna consciousness. The potential is there everywhere. But how to organize it, that requires some intelligence. And if we consider how to organize, how to take advantage of this preaching opportunity to spread Krishna consciousness very widely, but then sincerity has to be maintained also. So what's going on now is that you, most of you here have been asked to take up the service of Bhakti Vriksha leaders. So in one sense, you are taking up Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's order, Jare Deko Tare Koha Krishna Upadesh Amarangye Guru Hoya Tare means to, to be a, a leader in Krishna consciousness means to give guidance, it means to take the position of guru. Of course, Prabhupada also spoke about monitor guru. He gave this example that the system of teaching in the Indian classrooms was that they would have one teacher with many students. Nowadays they say if you have less students it's better. But in the old system they had many students and the older students would help to instruct the newer students. So they were called monitors. They weren't called teachers, they were called monitors. So Prabhupada gave the idea of monitor guru. This is mentioned in Easy Journey to Other Planets. And Prabhupada describes how people can take up Krishna consciousness and at at some point of taking it up, they can also start to instruct others, just like monitors in a class doesn't mean they're on the same status as the teacher. They're also students, but they're a little bit, they're ahead of others, they've learned some things, and they can start to help others to learn those things also. So it's teach as you learn and learn as you teach. So that is a very great responsibility, actually, especially for us who are all learners, to take on responsibility for teaching the highest truth, the absolute truth, Krishna consciousness. There's great opportunity for service. It's a great responsibility. With every responsibility comes the opportunity to do great good. And especially in the role of a guru, there's also, well, there's the opportunity to do the greatest good, There's also the opportunity to do great harm. If one doesn't properly act as a guru, guru means to represent the parampara. So it's a very great responsibility. To do that, one has to be properly connected to the parampara. Chabde pareja nishnatam brahmanyu pashamashrayam. The two basic qualifications of a guru is that 
figuratively one has taken a bath, one is completely immersed in Vedic knowledge. So that means that we have, we've heard repeatedly and our consciousness is absorbed in that Vedic knowledge. And Brahmanya Prashamashraya, it's not simply theoretical knowledge, but we've actually taken shelter of the Supreme Absolute Truth who is the object of that knowledge. In other words, one should have heard very nicely and very thoroughly and understood and actually be surrendered to Krishna. These are the qualifications of a guru. So it's a great responsibility. It's also a great opportunity to, as I was saying, one can do great harm in the position of guru because if one does not properly present the position of the parampara, then he's a rascal. If he, uh, if he takes the position of teaching others what is taught by Guru Sadhu and Shamsa, but instead he inserts something from his own mental speculation which must be incorrect, which must be misleading. If it's not exactly in the line of Guru Sadhu and Shastra, then it must be misleading. And then we become a cheater. Just now, while seeing my email, I saw there's a new conference among some of Prabhupada's followers, and it's called, I can't remember exactly, I remember the first two words, Prabhupada Siddhanta Discussion Conference. So what do you think about that? The Prabhupada Siddhanta. It's nonsense. There's no such thing as Prabhupada Siddhanta. Siddhanta. Prabhupada is Prabhupada because he presents the Siddhanta. If we think that he has a separate Siddhanta, then we convert him into Sai Baba or something like that. His duty is to present. If we think that he has got his own separate Siddhanta, which is called Prabhupada Siddhanta, then we convert him into something which he never claimed to be, he only claimed to be, which every Guru must claim to be, which is a representative of the Parampara. So that means whoever made up this conference has got no idea what Siddhanta is or who Prabhupada is. But they think they're being faithful to Prabhupada by making a conference called Prabhupada Siddhanta. They think that Prabhupada's teaching something else to whatever. He has a different Siddhanta. That, but Siddhanta is only one. Any guru, including Prabhupada, is the only guru because they present Siddhanta. So if we think Prabhupada Siddhanta, we think Prabhupada's teaching something different, but it's Prabhupada Siddhanta, so we have to follow it. Then it's just cultishness. It's like we follow Sai Baba because we follow him. But that's not Siddhanta. Prabhupada never taught us that you should just follow me because I said so. I'm, I'm the guru and you just follow me. This is cultishness. Then we should become like that. Sai Baba, Ma Amrita Nanda Mai or something. I'm the guru, you follow me. Oh, why? You just follow. This is nonsense. They're not guru. Guru means who presents Shastra and teaches us to understand Siddhanta. Siddhanta Baliya Chitte Nakoraha Alosh Yeha Hoite Krishna Lage Sudrida Manosh. We have to apply our intelligence to understand the Siddhanta. Many times people think that accepting a guru means you just become lazy. 
that you just do whatever the guru says, bas finished. You don't have to think. But the guru's job is to make you think. To understand. Because as intelligent living beings, we have the, the propensity and the proclivity to think. We must think. So if we don't think according to Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, then we'll think according to Deccan Chronicle or whatever else we're hearing, whatever else we're taking our information from. So Guru teaches us to understand, not that just, well, I said it, so you believe it. That's how I... That's how I became a non-Christian. Because they told me, it's in the Bible, you believe it. And say, well, wait a minute, I don't understand. This doesn't seem to make sense, that God's your all-loving Father, but if you don't believe in Him, you go to hell forever. I said, wait a minute, that doesn't seem to, doesn't sound very merciful. I mean, my own Father, He's not God, but if I do something wrong, He punishes me and gives me another chance. But you're saying our all-loving, all-kind, all-compassionate, all-loving Father, if you... If you fluff it in one life, he burns you in hell forever. And that doesn't make sense. Well, you have to believe it. It's in the Bible. Okay, see you later. You keep your Bible. I'm going off somewhere else. <laughs> doesn't There's no appeal to the... It's, it's an appeal to turn off the intelligence. The Guru is meant for giving education. Education is derived from the... Greek, I believe, it's either Greek or Latin, which means, it doesn't mean to drill you, to brainwash you, but it means to draw out that which is already within, which is exactly the point of Krishna conscious education. Nitta Siddha Krishna Prem Shabda Kabunai Shavanadi Shuddha Chitte Koreye Udoi. Everyone is a devotee of Krishna. Every, we cannot convert people to be Vaishnavas because everyone's already a Vaishnava. But the thing is that most people have forgotten. So that has to, that Krishna Prem, which is in the heart of everyone, has to be reawakened by the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna. So who speaks? The speaking of Guru must be connected with the parampara, because that is the system to connect with Krishna. And the potency, Krishna Shakti, will come through such speaking. And that will have the effect of awakening, or, or reawakening the Krishna consciousness in everyone's, in the, in the heart of the listeners. Especially those who are those who are inclined to service and to listen with faith and submission. So, speaking by Guru, Krishna Kata, Guru means not a designation. You got a rubber stamp. Guru, okay. Yesterday you weren't a Guru, but now you're, you're a Guru. You got, but the Guru is, no one becomes a, by rubber stamp Guru. Either you are or you aren't. And that depends on our surrender to our Guru and our the blessings that come down in Parampara. Of course, that may be acknowledged by others. And th thus one may take up officially or, or formally, 
the role of instructing others. But actually that blessing comes from Krishna. If one is to perform such a function. So, to discharge the responsibility of guiding others in Krishna consciousness requires that we ourselves be linked with the parampara in by understanding Prabhupada's books, by following what's in the books, and by making our heart one with the instructions of Prabhupada. Guru Mukha, what is that? Guru Mukha Padmavaka, Chitete Koriya Aikya, Ana Koriha Our heart should be one with the words of the Guru and not desire anything else. Then our words will have our words, not only words, but activities will have potency to help others. Words and activities also, because Guru means practices by precept, but by example also. That, uh, what is that? How the Guru teaches, what is that verse? Shrayam Acharitam. Yasmat Acharyas Tainakirtitaha. Achinoti Yashastrani. Acharistapiatirpi. Swayam Acharate Yasmat. Acharyas Tainakirtita. Guru means one who teaches Shastra. Teaches by his own example, how to follow Shastra. And in this way, gets others also to follow Shastra. So such a person is known as Acharya. So you all have to take up the service of Acharya or monitor Guru. As soon as, if one starts to think, now I'm a Guru, then you immediately... The first uka in guru becomes lost, is an example that Bhaktisthana Saraswati gave. So what does that become? Well, in Bengali it becomes guru. Here might be garu, but not swami garu, not like that. But guru is Bengali for cow. So you become less intelligent. <coughs> if you think I'm a guru, then immediately you're not a guru. One always has to think I'm a servant. Then it is possible to take up the service of being a leader. But especially we always have to remember that our service is like that of a monitor, but we also need to be monitored. We also have to learn. We also have to be guided. Especially here in Hyderabad, these Practically speaking, the expansion of the preaching is just beginning after many years. And many people are coming forward newly. And although almost all are quite immature in many ways in Krishna consciousness, but due to force of circumstances, they have to be the leaders. 
That's actually how Prabhupada's movement spread all over the world. I mean, I was in charge of preaching in Bangladesh, whole country with over a hundred million people, when I was, let me see, uh, 23 years old. And I'd been in the movement for, let me see, five years at the time. So that was kind of normal in those days because mostly every who was joining was young and the movement was spreading quickly. So whoever took it up, they could go different places and spread the movement. But along with the rapid expansion, there were many problems were caused actually by the immaturity of the devotees. We can say that our movement is much more mature than it is than it was at that time, which is maybe one of the reasons why more people are coming to it. That may be one of the reasons. Another reason is the cumulative effect of preaching and distributing books over many years. There may be many different factors. We can say also that the increasing tension and dissatisfaction in, in the world situation, these are all different factors by which people are taking to Krishna consciousness. But definitely our movement is... The leaders are now ex more experienced, certainly, and older and more learned in Shastra, which we're supposed to be teaching. Teacher means we should know what we're teaching. So, uh, in general, throughout the world, this situation is there. But in Hyderabad, as it happens, due to the history of Iskon in Hyderabad, it was a, actually a, not a very happy history for many years. There was some, as Prabhupada said in one letter, and I, I think it's quite applicable in Hyderabad, a nasty leadership. So, but now it's, now there's concerned leadership, leadership who is, that is concerned with the spreading of Krishna consciousness with sincerity and intelligence. So it's a great opportunity for all of you. Uh, but at the same time, you have to remember that we are all inexperienced and learners ourselves. So it behooves us to, anyway in all circumstances, a Vaishnava should act with humility. But especially if we are to take up some leadership role in our relatively new stage of Krishna consciousness, it behooves us to do so with humility. Jayapitaka Maharaj told me more than once that he was made temple president in Montreal, I think it was, before he came to India. He was, he joined in the West, actually, believe it. <laughs> He's so long in India, you can hardly imagine. But he actually joined in Canada. He joined the temple there. And Prabhupada made him the temple president when he'd been in the movement just a few months. And everyone in the temple was a senior devotee to him. In those days, when I joined, someone in the movement four years was considered a very senior devotee. So, it's a, there you go, it's all relative. 
So then Jayavitaka Maharaj asked Prabhupada, then, well, how can I, I and now I'm the town president, I have to ask. No, no, he didn't. I don't know whether he asked Prabhupada. I think he explained that he was in the situation where he was, he had a duty to give instruction to others, to engage in this service and that service. But on the other hand, it might be quite natural due to whatever, some false ego or whatever it might be, that those who are senior to him might think that, well, you know, who's this person to tell me what to do? I had the same experience in London where I joined. I was quite new in the movement and they started, they asked me to start giving classes. And then some quite senior devotee happened to come to one of my classes and he started asking all these, you know, kind of awkward questions to kind of show that I, I didn't really know what I was talking about and probably he should have been asked to give the class instead. That seemed to be his, his attitude there. So it may be like, I mean, we're not all perfect devotees. We're, so some egoism may be there. So Jayamitra Maharaj told that, so I, I had, if I was going to do my service, probably give my, my the service if I could do, I couldn't do it by saying, hey, do this, do that, go there, do this, do But he said, Prabhu, uh, there's some service required in the kitchen, washing pots, do you think you could please help with that? And if someone asks like that, then you're more likely to say yes, isn't it? And if someone comes and says, Hey, what are you doing? Go to the kitchen, wash them pots. You say, whoa. <laughs> so, technique. It's also useful. It's good for our own spiritual advancement. And it actually works better. To do like that. I mean, I'm not a very good example myself, but um, just a big talker. <laughs> but uh, that we have to consider also. That especially in this bhakti vriksha program, who's coming is mostly it's new people, so they're, they're not very convinced about Krishna consciousness and ourselves. We're still trying to become convinced about Krishna consciousness. But we should have faith that this is the reality which we need to communicate to others. So we have to deal with people quite carefully. Of course, to be in a bhakti vriksha, people should have some pre-qualification. It's not that just someone comes off the street and you put them in this program. They should, they should also be have developed to a considerable extent this susru shu shadha, this uh, submissiveness, understanding that we're here to serve and faith. It's not for absolutely new people, but it is for people who are trying to develop. They're just beginning. On their, or as Prabhupada said, he used the phrase in one of his... In, beginning purports in Bhagavatam, neophytes who are on the threshold of the house of bhakti. So, in many ways it's a, it's a challenging service. 
It's not such an easy thing. Just like to look after young infants. It's not such... It, it requires a certain mentality to, to look after little infants and to start getting them educated. How do you educate infants who are just... Infants means they're just wild. They're just like animals, actually. How do you start to educate them? So it requires... It's actually not such an easy thing to do. So in the Bhakti Vriksha program, everyone is spiritually an infant. I remember seeing one video of the opening of Prabhupada's palace in New Vrindavan. This was many years ago. And some journalist was there. That means TV journalist. And she asked the Kirtananda Swami, who was at that time head of the New Vrindavan community, she asked him, they said, well, if you're, you're sadhus and you're supposed to be renounced and saintly people, then why are you building all these fancy buildings costing so much money? What's the need? And he replied that, well, there's no need for us, but because, he, he gave the example, it's just like a, a child, you want to educate them, you show, you, you do something to catch their attention, and then when you catch their attention, then you instruct them. So, like this, uh, we, we are building this big building, uh, one reason of course is to glorify Prabhupada, but another reason is that it's to capture the attention of materialistic people. So that they'll, they'll come and, oh, what is this? There's some wonderful building. Okay, let's go and see. And then when they come, they say, oh, it's very nice. And then they develop some respect for the persons who built this and they wonder, why have you built this? And you explain this to glorify Prabhupada. And why glorify Prabhupada? And then you start to preach. So then the, uh, the, the lady interviewing him said that, well, that's okay, but I'm not a child. And he said, you are, <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> she was quiet, she had nothing more to say. So we're, we're dealing with spiritual infants and we ourselves are, are also maybe just a little bit bigger than infants, just like you see in the villages in India even today, little girl, five years old, she herself is just out of her mother's arms and she's picking up the next baby who's maybe two years old and she's carrying around and the baby is almost as big as her. <laughs> but she automatically takes on the role of a mother. This is another reason, I'll say it again, I'm against all this feminism and all this idea because naturally young, you see the young girl, they naturally, they have the natural propensity to be like mothers even from the age of five. One of my godbrothers was telling me, he has a daughter, five years old, and she's asking when I'm going to get married. <laughs> so it's a natural propensity. But instead they want to make them into airline pilots. So it's ridiculous. Airline pilots and soldiers in the army go to Iraq and shoot people dead. 
Anyway, that's another topic. Anyway, the example is given that we are ourselves spiritual children, but we have to assist in looking after the spiritually little bit younger children. So the five-year-old girl is picking up her two-year-old brother. So the mother, her mother, or they're both of them, their, their mother, they will see, she will see, and say, yes, very nice, very good. But she'll make sure that she doesn't go out of eyesight. She'll keep an eye on her also. And if the child starts to cry and this and that, then the, the little girl doesn't know what to do, so she brings to mother and then mother quietens the baby by feeding milk or whatever. <clears throat> so there's a few thoughts from my side of the great responsibility you have. You all have to take time to read Prabhupada's books very carefully. You get strength from reading Prabhupada's books. That's why I always say again and again, are you reading Prabhupada's books? Often when people come, we ask them, how many rounds are you chanting? Isn't it? We ask how many rounds are you chant. But do you also ask, what are you reading? Which books are you reading? Actually, I ask that first. Because your rounds won't be that much valuable unless you're understanding the philosophy. And actually, Prabhupada, if you see, he is preaching, mostly he preached philosophy. He didn't just say, here, take this and start chanting. First he would preach what is the philosophy. You understand what is the philosophy. And traditionally also, this Prabhupada did like that, but traditionally beads were given and at the time of initiation only. Before that, they you heard and did service. Susu, su, shadatanas. You hear and do service. And then you start chanting. First of all, have some idea of what you're doing. So we start chanting, people chant, okay, that's good. But the hearing must be there. Otherwise, it will be, the tendency will be for Nam Aparad. Aparad, if you see the Aparads, most of them are due to lack of knowledge of what is Siddhanta. To think that Brahma, Shiva, the same as Vishnu is, is a common Hindu misconception. How will you get free from that? You have to hear. To think that chanting Hare Krishna is some mundane, pious activity, that's also a common Hindu misconception. How will you get free? You have to hear. Therefore, Siddhanta Baliya Chittena Karaha Alosh Eha Hoite Krishna Lage Suri Ramanosh By understanding by applying our intelligence to understand Siddhanta, then we become strongly attached to Krishna. And on the opposite side, if we don't, then Siddhanta Alashjan Anata Charena. Anata to Charena. If we don't, if we are lazy in understanding Siddhanta, then we cannot get free from Anartas. We cannot get free from Kam, Krod, Lomaha, unless we understand very clearly who is Krishna, who are we, and what is our relationship with him? We're instructing, chanting, that chanting is actually part of the second stage. Second stage is Abhide. First comes Sambandagyan. So if we don't get our Sambandagyan proper, then however much Abhideya, chanting and 
serving and going on parikrama and all these kinds of things. But if we don't have the, if we don't have the first thing right, sambandhagya, then however much we go on parikrama and this and that, then we won't go to Krishna. I, I, our shravan kirtan won't have the proper effect. Our service, everything, it won't have the proper effect unless we properly understand what we're doing. Because if we don't hear from sadhus who are shabdeparecha nishnatam ramanyu pashamashrayam, if we, if we don't hear, then we'll be hearing our own minds, we'll be hearing from non-devotees or karmi jnani mitcha bhakta, this Narotanda says, Natate Koro Onurakta. We should not be attached to Karmi Gyani or Michabhakta. Michabhakta means Mishabhakta, mixed devotees or pseudo devotees. We have to associate with, hear from and serve pure devotees. Narotanda says, Natate Koro Onurakta. We should not be attached to Karmi Gyani or Michabhakta. Michabhakta means Mishrabhakta, mixed devotees or pseudo-devotees. We have to associate with, hear from and serve pure devotees. So if we hear from people whose understanding is different, that well you, yeah, you, you do hearing and chanting and then afterwards you, we can all go to the movies. This is, we should all, we should have good, good friendly relationships with devotees. So how can we have better de- relationships? Let's go to the movies together. You can laugh, but sometimes people propose this as actual, this is very good. You see, this is a good movie because it helps us to understand Krishna consciousness better. Nonsense. But they're promoting like that. You see, then we can see it's all about war and how they're killing people and we can understand how miserable material life is. You don't understand like that. You understand by hearing from Shastra. You don't, you don't have, you hear from Shastra and just look around you. It's not just that war is miserable, everything's miserable. Just like they're saying we have to do tsunami relief. But tsunami relief or just uh, Abid's Nampali Station Road relief, it's all the same. <laughs> just one's and more severe. It's the same situation. It's the material world, it's suffering. And where we think, well, this is very bad, and but, but everyone's dying, everyone's suffering their karmic reaction. If we think we have to help them more, why? Everyone's in the same situation. There's no intrinsic difference between tsunami victims and Nampali Station Road victims. Victims, who's a victim? We're all embracing Maya. We're not victims of Maya, or we're voluntary victims. We have volunteered. Hoya Maya Das Kori Nana Obhilash. We have volunteered to be a service of Maya. We have so many material desires and thus we are implicated in material life. Tsunami, why we think it's so bad? Everyone has to die and become a cat, a dog, a frog, a rat, a tree, an indra. In one sense, those who died in the tsunami are better off because they finish their human life quicker. They'll have less sinful reactions. The ones who stayed behind, they'll go on fishing and eating meat and drinking and they'll have more sinful reactions. So they're worse off. The real tsunami relief is to distribute distribute Prabhupada's books and teach people to give up sinful life. Going around kissing their babies on the head 
And uh, but you have to tell them to uh, you bring up this child to be free from sinful life. And that is required everywhere, as much in Nampali Station Road as in Chennai beaches or whatever. So these things should be understood clearly. Otherwise, we become mixed devotees. And asatyare satta karimani. We take that which is not true to be true. We become mixed. This it it is just one of the many anarthas or impediments in becoming Krishna conscious. Mundane compassion. Why did Krishna call Arjuna damn fool? Why? Arjuna gave so many good arguments. You see, we have to... How can we kill our... Uh, our relatives and gurus and uncles and there'll be so many problems in society. But it was all based on mundane compassion. Of course, Arjuna is a pure devotee, but he was temporarily put into that consciousness so that Krishna could speak Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna pointed out that you're speaking as if you're a great pundit, but you're not, you're a fool. Because those who are actually pundits, they do not lament for the condition of the body, either in its living state or its dead state. Compassion is good, but compassion for the body is foolishness. You have to be compassionate for the soul. We take care of the body in as much as the body can be used for the service of Krishna. Otherwise, there's no need. There's no more meaning to looking after a body than there is to looking after a pack of chemicals. Unless that body is actually used as a vehicle for becoming Krishna conscious. So, compassion, what does that mean? If a devotee is sick, it should look after him, help him, no doubt, so that he can become healthy and revive his service to Krishna and his service to society of spreading Krishna consciousness. So, the example of Arjuna, Arjuna Vishada Yoga, this example is an example of how whatever conceptions we may have of what is right and what is wrong is very likely to be wrong. As long as... Arjuna, if you see all his reasons for not fighting, they all seem very good, but Krishna threw it all out. So we should be very careful not to get sucked into this mundane way of thinking understand everything, the scintillating, clear truth of Bhagavad Gita as it is. You should please all study Bhagavad Gita as it is, again and again. This will give clear knowledge. Bhagavad Gita is the best book for practical philosophy, how to apply in our lives. Other philosophy... Uh, or we can say, yes, Bhagavatam gets philosophy more deeply, that's true. But practical, 
pragmatic, how to what to do, how to apply in our lives. Bhagavad Gita as it is. Best book. So please study this and then you can advise others also. There are many points to be considered. Guru, then how much should you get involved with your wards? That we also have to see. And then we have to, to some extent we may need to advise how to deal with their material situation. But we also have to be careful not to get so much sucked in to their material situation and to keep them spiritually focused. Like I say, it's it's not such an easy task. So please execute it under guidance, praying to Krishna with sincerity and intelligence. Pray to Krishna for intelligence and Krishna will help you. So Hare Krishna. Any questions or comments? Yeah. Always the first hand up. It's all right. It's good. It's good to have a Krishna conscious, lively mind. Took it with your right hand this time. It's good. You learned something. Don't forget it when I go away. And don't think it's just my fanaticism. This is the culture which all your forefathers followed and which Prabhupada actually taught also. Is it twofold or you have two questions? Twofold. Okay. Twofold means two aspects of the same question. Uh, how can one develop maturity? And the how can one develop maturity? And the other part of the question is that in the meantime, how do we um, make sure that we don't fall prey uh, to that kind of mistakes that can be committed? The mistake, well, we, we become one way. The general way people become mature is by making mistakes in their immature state. So we have to give allowance for that also. But that also means that one should act under the guidance of those who are more mature and not make important decisions without their, without consulting with them. So how to learn anything, the, 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 the process is by hearing and experiencing. And in life, a, a lot comes from experiencing. So yeah, we have the tendency to make mistakes. And even, even in older age, one can make mistakes. Just like Prabhupada pointed out, Mahatma Gandhi made a mistake. Fatal mistake. I mean, he made many mistakes. And one of the mistakes he made led to his getting shot. But he was warned there's some danger. He didn't bother and he got shot dead. So, even in his... And then his namesake, Rajiv, made the same mistake later on. He thought, I don't need security. And next thing they were collecting to build a memorial in Sri Parambado. So, we do tend to make mistakes, but we should learn from them. It's foolish to make mistakes, but it's 
much more foolish to continue making the same mistake. Life is very complex. So you can... You see, one thing about taking responsibility is that you have to... You have to make some decisions. Or if you're going to be a leader, you have to give some advice. Of course, you can try to avoid that. I remember there was one uh, GBC member in Italy. So, the Italian word for yes is si. So the devotees got frustrated and they said he's the GBC. Because whatever they proposed, he would just say yes, yes, yes. He didn't give any, he didn't like try to analyze and understand, just yes, yes, yes. He didn't really get involved. Whatever they proposed, just see, 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 see. So then, then they gave out, what's the use of going for advice? He's not giving any guidance. That you should, if you're looking also for a guru who just says yes, yes, that means you're not looking for a guru. You have to you have to be prepared to say yes, this is right. No, this is not right. You make some, it, but sometimes it may not work out as you thought. You can never tell when you make a decision on how to act, or you give advice on people how to act. You you can never tell actually what the outcome will be because there are so many different factors. Things may go wrong and will go wrong. So you can't say that any decision, that every decision everyone makes will be perfect in all respects. Plus the nature of this material world is that it is, uh, by its very nature, difficulties arise. So just like, so just like for instance, it's a very common question which everyone who's giving spiritual advice will be present, will have to face again and again and again. Is the situation where someone comes and says, well, I want to be Krishna conscious, but my other family members don't. Or I, uh, I'm Krishna conscious and my spouse is also wants to be Krishna conscious, but they only want to practice to a certain level and I want to practice to a higher level. Or they want to practice to such a level that I can't practice them. I'm not ready for that. So these questions come. How do you advise? You can advise, but... Ex in this kind of situation, unless you get very deeply involved and speak to all parties and and regularly counsel them, then uh, it's difficult to understand exactly what the whole situation is. And usually, when someone says, "I'm having a problem with my family members," it's only it's what they say is only their perspective of it. That's right. When you give advice, it's very, it's, especially when someone has a complaint against someone else, it's, it's always, this is something we can learn if you don't already know, is that you should always hear the other side of the story also. Because when some complaint is being made against someone, someone says, well, this devotee did this and this and that and that. And, but you should hear what they have to say also. They may not have done like that or they, they may have a reason for doing like that. There may be some reason, some valid reason. Or it may be misrepresented. 
You see, my husband shouted at me, and see, he's not not being very nice to me. He shouted at me, and you ask the husband, say, yeah, I did, I lost my temper a bit because, you know, I, I told her for the 50th time not to watch the TV or something, and then she's going on and chanting around in front of the TV. Or, there may be some reason, I've seen it sometimes. So, sometimes I walk into someone's home, they're not expecting me to come, and I sit them there very dutifully chanting their rounds watching the TV. He said, oh, Maharaja, oh, oh, oh. Turn, off, turn off the TV. And I was like that. When I was a kid, it was like that. Now it's like this, right? Yeah. So, anyway, I'm just making up an example. So there may be, you know, there's always what are called extenuating factors. So, it, it requires a lot of dedication, actually. But And, and it may be that what we... What we uh, advise, it may, things may not work out properly or someone will blame you. Just like many times, not, not in all cases, but it, considering the case of the individual, uh, I sometimes advise young men that even though you, your family members don't want you to, you come and live in the ashram and be in a brahmachari. And if the family members don't want you to, then we have lots of pastimes with the family members. Because it's the guru, or the, that sannyasi has brainwashed you, and this and that and the other. I don't blindly advise people to join, just like one young man asked me today about being a brahmachari, and I told him, no, better you get married. Because for you, it's, it's probably, in, according to your mentality, it's probably better. But if I see someone's determined he has the requisite determination uh, and considering various factors, you may advise him to do so. So, the family members may be very much against you and they say, well, what about his future and this and that? And, and then, what if things don't work out in his... And maybe, maybe it won't work out. Maybe, maybe he won't adjust to Brahmacharya life and maybe... After ten years, he will come out and he'll have to start his career or resume his career. And you may say, well, it would have been better if he didn't spend those ten years. So the point I'm making here is that people may have different perspectives. Some people, So even our devotees may say, that, well, better you don't join and you have your career. But we'll say, no, you spent ten years serving Krishna. That's the obvious. You can work like a donkey in any lifetime. But uh, the opportunity to serve Krishna... You get that after millions of births, and the Shastra conclusion is This is the Shastra conclusion, that which is that means the conclusion of Bhagavatam, which is the most important conclusion, is that if one means the actual conclusion, that's what I'm saying, it's Siddhanta, it's not my Siddhanta or Prabhupada Siddhanta, it's Vyasadeva Siddhanta, which means Siddhanta. There's no my Siddhanta, your Siddhanta. That means we don't know what Siddhanta is. Anyway, Vyasadeva, through the mouth of Narad Muni, has stated, or Narad Muni has stated, and Vyasadeva has recorded, that if one gives up his material duties to serve to fully surrender to Krishna, but 
falls down from that position in the immature stage of bhajan before he's imperfect in Krishna consciousness. No loss. Whatever you did is for your benefit. That's for the eternal benefit of you and your family members and for all of all of the Vishwavasi. So, uh, but on the other hand, if you execute your material duties perfectly, but don't develop Krishna consciousness, it's all completely useless. This is the verdict of Bhagavatam. So people might say, well, this is fanatical. Well, you go and complain to Vyasa then. <laughs> we accept Vyasa. So, really we have to see according to Shastra. And we can expect that definitely we cannot satisfy all of the people all of the time. We have to satisfy Krishna. That doesn't mean we deliberately try to make enemies of families and friends and we can try to bring them around gradually and this and that. Gradually, carefully. But there are some cases where someone just has to say, well... Hare Krishna, and joining the ashram, there may be some cases. Uh, there may be many cases where the family members are not favorable. But anyway, you have to go on. What should you do? Make the family members happy by not practicing Krishna consciousness or practice Krishna consciousness and make them unhappy. There's no question. You have to practice Krishna consciousness. Of course, we may be somewhat tactful in how we do so and not deliberately, like I say, antagonize them. But at the same time, we can expect that in the course of performing this service, we may be at odds with the relatives of certain family members. And it may be even that the people that we're taking into Krishna conscious, we're making, we're making so much effort to try and help them and some of them at some point may turn around and say, hey, you're... You're misleading me. I, I could have been developing my career and instead you, you had me come to the temple and sell these books. That happens sometimes. People become converted back to demons. It happens. So a preacher has to be selfless and expect that people, they may not, so many people, they may not reciprocate. Even even when Sanyasi was telling me quite disappointedly, one of my godbrothers, that you see it's the 20th anniversary of my taking Sanyas, but none of my disciples even noticed or remembered. It's just like in the marriage, if you don't remember your wife's, the, the wedding anniversary, and so the wife will be, she'll be disappointed. So he was expressing some disappointment. And, so it may be you're making all effort for others, but they may not reciprocate properly. That may be there also. So it really we have to be very, very much selfless. But these are just some thoughts of, and so many, maybe, so many other things to say. What was your question? Maturity. Maturity. Yeah. Maturity. The very word suggests that it's something that comes with time. That's why I'm saying generally we ex we have more experienced people as as leaders. But then youth 
spiritual youth that uh, that has may have also the qualities of freshness and enthusiasm so that's also very useful good quality in krishna consciousness hmm In general, I'll just say one more thing. Devotees often ask, how can we develop this quality? Maybe maturity, maybe sincerity, maybe dedication, maybe determination, taste in chanting. One generic answer to these generic how-to questions is to associate with persons who, who you perceive to have that quality. And then Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha. Our desires developed by association. Hmm. Generally, newcomers can uh, expect some guidance from the senior devotees or seniors. But uh, unfortunately, many times the, the advice will be more confusing. Well, go to someone whose advice you, you, is helpful. Another thing is, if we are very confused, then we, whatever we hear, we tend to become more confused. We have to be, we have to be ready to be deconfused. If we are already, if we are already so confused that any advice we hear simply makes us more confused, just like many times people ask a question. And give the answer, and everyone else can understand the answer, but they're sitting there. They can't understand it because they don't want to understand, actually. Because if you don't understand, then you don't have to surrender to Krishna. So confusion is a... It's helpful to be confused if you want to be in Maya. So, but, but that's a general principle. One should approach for advice persons whose... Judgment you trust. If you just go here, there and everywhere asking everyone, then uh, you're definitely going to get more confused. And that's also why it's useful to have one fixed guide, especially on the important decisions in your life, just like you yourself were asking me for guidance today. And I was saying, you better ask your Diksha Guru, because if, if I, I may say one thing and he might say something else, because there are different approaches or attitudes in Krishna consciousness. So if I say one thing and then he says something else, then it'll be more confusing for you. And I might get upset also. I didn't say that, but you know, I, I, I advise one thing and then you do something else. And you say, why are you coming to me anyway? Oh, well, my guru said something. Why didn't you go to him in the first place? So, like that. Please pass the cordless mic back. Maharaj, I heard from devotees that in Bangladesh and Thailand, when you were teaching, there were many brahmacharis and they could maintain that. No, there were never many brahmacharis. Not at that time, there are now. When I left, the whole thing developed. So as long as I was there, there was not much development, but things developed after... In Bangladesh, in Thailand, still things haven't developed. 
Now in Thailand, what happened, you see, devotees came, mostly what I can see, they came because they were on the verge of fall down and Bangkok's a good place to fall down. So they mostly all fell down. Because you can fall down anywhere. You can fall down at the North Pole if you want. Maya will arrange, but Bangkok there's plenty of arrangement. So it's more easy. So anyway, there were a few devotees. It wasn't that there were busloads driving in. There were a few in that hellish place. So what's the question? What is the secret? <laughs> Recently I went I went to Dubai and uh, I have to enter there in kami clothes because it's Muslim country, United Arab Emirates. So there was a young lady at the immigration counter who started to speak to me in a too friendly manner. <laughs> Even though she was in her burqa. She started asking questions. Oh, you're from England. What are you doing? You're traveling around. <laughs> I mean, immigration often asks that, but the way she was asking wasn't very favorable for sannyasi. He said, uh, do you have a wife? <laughs> I said, no. She said, why not? Said, she was surprised because Muslims mostly have four. Isn't it how many they can have? Four, five, four, yeah. Four, four at a time. Then you swap with the next door neighbor. And <laughs> like that. Talak, talak, talak. Okay. Next one. So uh, I then my reply, I you know, I wasn't prepared for this. You know, I usually get this. So I said, bad luck. I was going to say, my instant response was good luck. I was thinking to say good luck, but then I thought, oops, that she won't like this. So I said, bad luck. I took my passport, she already stumped it and walked out. So the same thing, um, one devotee took sannyas, Panchadravita Swami, and Tamal Krishnamaraj was saying to Prabhupada that, uh, isn't this wonderful, Prabhupada, another sannyasi, another devotee has declared their war on Maya, and Prabhupada said, he just had to take sannyas because no woman would have him. <laughs> so, maybe like that. What's the secret? I don't know. I get up every morning and I have service to do and have my rounds to chant. And I never thought about marrying because I, you know, I have service to do. And it just goes on like that day to day. <laughs> I'm inspired by the opportunity to serve 
the preaching mission that Prabhupada has given us. Some inspiration, isn't it? Sorry? What was that? Balabhadra, Bhattacharya Das, who was here in Hyderabad. He was telling what? Yeah, yeah. No, there were a few, there were very few devotees in Bangladesh and uh, who were with us at that time. And uh, if I think, actually I don't think any of them got married although they didn't maintain the same level of Krishna. But they, they, we were all Western devotees in the beginning. Yeah, I don't think any of them got married, although they didn't maintain like full commitment to the mission. Oh, one of them got married, yeah. And in Thailand, yeah, that was a... That was a... Like I was saying, they came to fall down. Maybe they didn't come to fall down, but we got... Whoever, we got sent from India, the people who were like really shaky. And it was like, you know, someone's already sick and you're, they're already wounded and you're sending them to the front line or something. So, it was a difficult situation in Thailand with, even if you didn't go looking for fall down, it came looking for you. But one thing I must say is that, uh, I never encourage, I mean, definitely there are situations, opportunities where you can fall down, especially many times I was, just by the nature of the circumstance, I was traveling alone many times. And there were opportunities where Maya presented herself, but uh, I didn't start to play with that. I just cut out immediately. If any woman wants to become too much friendly, I just cut out of that. That's all. Don't, don't start playing with fire. So any male in Krishna consciousness, but especially brahmacharya and sannyasi, they should only deal with Women only for Prabhupada said only for important service. Otherwise, not. Even in Vedic culture, grihastas. It's not that they means they mix up with every woman. They have their wife. They have their mother. They have their sister. Even their sister, if they're, if they're more grown up, you don't mix up very much. Or there's there's limits on that. So be very careful because, like ghee and fire. So dealings with women should be like mother, respectful, but not more than required. Matra svasra to hitrava. How does that verse go? Matra svasra to hitrava. Navivikdasano bhavit. Balavan indriya gramo vidvamsanapikarsati. This is from Manu and in Srimad Bhagavatam. This comes that 
One should not sit very close even to his mother, sister or daughter because the senses are so strong that one may agitate them. And Prabhupada explained this verse. It means that, but only, this means that that must mean for some very low class person that their senses could be agitated by sitting next to their sister, mother or daughter. But no, Dalavan Indriyagramo, Vidvam Sanapika, even Vidvam, even someone who is a great scholar of Vedic knowledge, they also may become agitated. So the prescription is there to be careful in dealings. So the modern idea that men and women should mix up and laugh and joke, it's not at all good for spiritual life. And we, if, if we, we should maintain this culture in our temples of, um, between men and women, of course in the Kami, modern Kami society, they mix up and joke and laugh and all this, but, but, uh, we should maintain a respectful dis- distance. And if there is a need, then some interaction. Otherwise, not. No need to be, to talk and laugh and joke or not. Not on this. Moderns. I'll speak about that tomorrow in the youth meeting. I want to speak about this. This modern society has got a, uh, what they think is a very much better way that we we're all just friendly, but it's. Friendly means next thing is abortion. That's the way it goes. This unnecessary friendliness between men and women means that sinful life will come and the Krishna consciousness will not develop. Mm. Yeah, okay. Maharaj, very nice to hear it, Krishna consciousness, one should be very sincere. What is sincerity and again a how-to question? You already got the answer to the how-to question. To every how-to question. What is the meaning of sincerity? Sincerity means anyabhilashita shunyam jnanakamadhyanavritam anukulyena krishnanushilanam bhakti rutama. We should serve Krishna with no other desire but to act for his pleasure. That is sincerity. And that we may have other desires means that we stringently try to overcome those desires so that our hearts can be pure, free from all these other desires. That is sincerity. Otherwise we are kami jnani micha bhakta. Kami jnani micha bhakta natate karo anurakta. We shouldn't be attached to the association of karmis, jnanis or even mixed devotees. Recently on the uh, demoniac chakra website, if you want you can post that as widely as you like. There I said chakra is a demoniac website. It's supposed to be giving news of Krishna consciousness, but actually they put so much blasphemy there also. Um, there came a report about the first ISKCON devotees golf competition. And it described how you know, certain devotees, they all came and played golf, and even one GBC member came. So you may think, well, that's good, they're all devotees, because we all, they, first of all, they had Kirtan, and then they had a class, and then they had Prasada, and then they went to play golf. So, you know, they're all devotees, so 
That's one way of relaxing with devotees. It's nonsense. You may say, well, that's, it's, it's all devotees, so we're associated. But associating with devotees means to associate on the principle of Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasavanam. Not some nonsense, stupid hitting a ball with a stick, which has got nothing to do with Krishna consciousness. So, so we find mitya bhakta, or for, mitya, mitya, false devotee. That, that, it's inevitable, Prabhupada preached Krishna consciousness very widely, and whoever preaches Krishna consciousness very widely, they, whoever preaches religion, others will come afterwards and dilute it. Just like Jesus came, and Jesus wasn't a, a butcher or a drunkard, but later in the Bible they converted him into a butcher and a drunkard. So in the name of Jesus they could be butchers and drunkards. So like that, Prabhupada came and preached Krishna consciousness and now they're reinterpreting it. It's inevitable. So people will say, well, just like I got a letter from devotees saying that, well, all the devotees here say that you can buy biscuits from the store and offer it to Krishna. So what's wrong with that? It's devotees offering it. So this is not what Prabhupada taught us, not what the Acharyas teach us. You see, well, it's offered, and then some, you know, we're at their house and they offer us some biscuits, and we don't eat biscuits, but we offer it, and we, you know, we're initiated devotees. You're initiated devotees means you shouldn't be eating this. You may think, well, I, if you offer it, then, you know, Krishna, he's forced to accept it because I offered it with such love. But no, if you have love, you don't offer this. You don't eat such things. So, sincere means we have to be sincere in our desire and that means we should follow the principles and not reinterpret it. That means not sincere. Anything else? Give the mic. Which does give us slight amplification. You can also just say it loudly and everyone will hear. Hmm. Can everyone hear what? Can you hear what he's saying? Okay. Not convert. Remember, I said we can't convert. We're trying to bring people into Krishna consciousness. Yeah. Oh, it's already. Is that the right time? Nine twenty. Okay. All right. This can be the last question. Then. Yeah, like I said, we have to, you can't just give a general reply. You have to see the situation, who they are, who you are, what is your, how, how much they'll listen to you. You really have to, if you want to take advice on this, you have to have someone who really knows you very well and your family very well. Like this. You can ask, but it's very difficult to give specific advice. Quite prevalent, it's ubiquitous. Very uh, preaching in 
Buddhist countries is very, very difficult, I must say. They don't even have a concept of God. You've heard of you've heard of the green Aussie flag? You know what the green Aussie flag is? Well, it's like that in Thailand. You talk about God, they don't even have any idea what God means. Even Muslims have some idea. Christians have some idea. And Hindus have some idea. But in Thailand, they don't even have a word for God in their language. So it's very difficult. And they they don't like... The, the Thais are called smiling Thais. Whatever you say, they just smile. And if they become too upset, they stick a knife in you. But up to that point, they just smile. That's their culture. You should never show any anger. Just smile, smile, smile. Even if you even if you hate the person, you smile. That's why I say that they... That's why a Thai, he never, he only smiles at you or sticks a knife in you. Because when he, when he can no longer smile, he'll kill you. That's all. So they're very nice people, at least they seem to be. They smile and they smile. But the only thing that you can see, you get upset if you start talking about God. So it's very difficult. We didn't make much progress when they were there. Progress we made, we distributed books, we did high enough. China, well, they don't have any culture at all. So in other words, the culture was destroyed by communism. So it's quite open. I've never been to China, except I went to Hong Kong for two days, 20 years ago. So I can't say. Anyway, you're in Hyderabad, so (laughs) you can preach here. If you want to go to Thailand, that's nice for preaching. It's a tough job, but it can be done. Gradually, so the situation here is more favorable for preaching Krishna consciousness. But every situation can improve by distributing Prabhupada's books.